anesthetist, in this case probably a Dr. Edward J. O'Brien, could administer anesthesia as a matter of course when they arrived. But on this day the doctor had not arrived once the baby began entering the birth canal, and Rose could not resist the need to push the baby with each more forceful contraction. The nurse tried to keep her calm, encouraging her to endure each contraction and to fight back the urge to push. Yet Rose's baby started crowning, a crucial point in the birthing process. It was well understood that preventing the movement of the baby through the birth canal could cause a lack of oxygen, exposing the baby to possible brain damage and physical disability. The doctor was delayed, caught up in attending his many patients stricken by the deadly flu. The nurse demanded that Rose hold her legs together tightly in the hope of delaying the baby's birth. Despite her training as an obstetrical nurse, she opted not to deliver the baby herself. I had such confidence in my obstetrician, Rose wrote as a much older woman. I put my faith in God and tried to sublimate my discomfort in expectation of the happiness she expected to feel once the baby was born. Dr. Good and his colleagues, however, may not have been driven wholly by the desire to provide the best care for their patients. Fees derived from supplying health services to Boston's social and economic elite provided a steady and hefty income in the days before medical insurance. If Dr. Good missed the birth of the baby, he could not charge his extremely high fee of $125 for prenatal care and delivery. When holding Rose's legs together failed to keep the baby from coming, the nurse resorted to another, more dangerous practice, holding the baby's head and forcing it back into the birth canal for two excruciating hours. The doctor did finally appear at the Kennedys' home, and at seven in the evening he delivered Rose's seemingly healthy third child. The Boston Globe announced the birth. A dainty girl was added to the nursery which previously sheltered two sturdy sons. Flowers and cards of congratulations poured in. The baby would be named for her mother, little Rosemary Kennedy, Rosie to the family, and later called Rosemary, would be loved and nurtured by both of her parents. Rosemary was sweet and peaceable and cried less than the first two, Rose would recall more than fifty years later. Rose spent several weeks lying in, the length of time middle- and upper-class women took to recover from childbirth. New mothers, it was recommended, should rest and remain in bed for at least nine days and slowly begin daily activities, like walking, over a period of many more days, increasing activity gradually over several weeks. Six weeks was considered ideal. Rose enjoyed this time alone, nursing and doting on baby Rosemary. Full-time and part-time nursemaids and other household help took care of the boys, cleaned, and cooked. The quiet and peace surrounding the mother and child at this period is good for both. Rose later wrote about this time alone with her newborn baby. Joseph Joe P. Kennedy Sr., as the new assistant general manager of the Four Rivers Shipbuilding Company, a subsidiary of Bethlehem Steel in nearby Quincy, could afford such luxuries for his wife. Most men of his age, Joe was thirty years old when his first daughter was born, were now required to register for the wartime draft. 
but he was exempt from military service because of his role working for the shipyard and managing its multi-million dollar government contracts and thousands of workers now building naval vessels destined for the war in Europe. Joe was brilliant at his job, and his business and management acumen spurred the expansion of not only the shipyard and its workforce, but also the support systems required to shelter, feed, and transport the thousands of workers at the plant. Joe's workload increased exponentially at this time, keeping him working lengthy days and often not returning home for the night, establishing a work ethic that would persist for the rest of his life. This pace, however, earned Joe an ulcer, and just a month after Rosemary was born, he checked himself into a sanitarium to recuperate. Persistent ulcers, and other intestinal issues too, would plague him until his death. The 1914 marriage of Rose, the beautiful and intelligent